0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. And guys, as you know, we've talked about this in the past. One of the main rules of life. No dick, no hope. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew tablets are made in the U.S. and prepared, shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. BlueChew wants to help you have better sex Also, congrats on the sex if you are having it. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free. When you use our promo code VM at checkout, just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code VM, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. And to all of you that are taking Blue Chew, congrats on the sex.
0: Yeah. 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 With a message for my baby, we yeah, yeah, come on, yeah. Come on. Now Ooh. this the black sheep sticking its home I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I I'm need it in hand just understand my pockets that deep with nothing to prove I ain't got nothing to do and they can't compete and I got nothing to lose Ah uh, so yes I'm the one
1: that's gonna th- What's good everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum, the number 1 sports betting vibe on the internet. I'm your host Nick Davis at Nick Davis Ten you can find me. All things Veterans Minimum are at Veterans Minimum. We are in the building at the blue wire studio here in las vegas and i am fired up because i'm gonna look into the camera as i say this i've been doing content for more than eight years and this is this guy i should say is on the mount rushmore probably the the first face on the mount rushmore of my favorite people in the content space mr Bo templin in the building baby
2: how's
1: that for an intro
3: What are you doing? Come on. (laughs) What are you doing to me? That's unbelievable. No, dude, I, uh, completely, all right, we can get the, uh, the dick riding out of the way early here, I guess, but, um, we'll start there and I'll just say, dude, I absolutely believe in Veterans Minimum. I believe in you. I believe in this show. I try and spread the gospel. Um, I don't know, man. Feels like every single person has a band or an athlete, that they were like, I knew them during that first album. I knew them way before everyone else. And I truly believe, man, that this show or you or whatever it is, 10, 15 years down the road from now, that 20 million's going to hit your bag. And uh, I'm going to stand there and be like, I, I told you so.
1: Dude, I appreciate that. When that 20 million comes, bro, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. People think, listen... Everything is outrageous until it happens. 20 million, I'm gone. The very next day, all social media is deleted. If you have my number, that means that you're important to me. You get in contact with me. Bo has my number, of course. <laughs> but yeah, 20 million. I'm like, yo, I'm out. I'm not dealing with you guys no more. And then that's it. I'm going to be down in Medellin, open up a jujitsu school. What do you think of that?
3: God, God, I love the sound of that. I really, really <laughs> like that, man. It, it, dude, the, the thing is, is like, I can totally relate to what you're saying because- I battle with this constant struggle of every single day. Am I going to be a badass uh, figure in sports in media? And then the other half of me the next day is like, oh man, I could totally live life as like a beach bum down in Mexico. So it's a super weird yin and yang that I can definitely relate to.
1: I love it. I love it, man. It's the best. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, It's always good chopping it up with you. It's been a while since we've done this. I think it was back there in the World Cup when uh, when the last time that you were on. That's coming up on about a year or two, which is crazy. But I'm looking forward to you coming out here, man, and us uh, doing it in person here at the studio. But we had the NBA start, and I always like asking people, dude. It's one of like my 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 staples and conversation starters, and I know it sounds pretty broad, but Give me like a one to 10 excitement level on the NBA this year. I know if you could just lower the camera a little bit, your team is going to have a pretty, pretty good year, but thoughts, man. Give me your thoughts on the NBA season coming up. Uh,
3: okay. So let's, let's get the white elephant or the, excuse me, the, the elephant in the room here. Uh, let's, let's recognize it. Let's acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, as a Greek kid, with family ties in Milwaukee, who's a lifelong basketball fan and Milwaukee Bucks fan. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty fired up for this season. Uh, not only do you have the on-court peanut butter jelly, whatever duo you want to put together, you have Damian Lillard, Giannis. Is that going to be exciting on the court? Yes. The thing I'm perhaps most excited about though, Nick, is, is their personality chemistry on paper, is is as good as anything that you can picture. Like, these two guys are dogs. So, um, wildly excited about the Bucs season. There's a lot that I am excited about with the NBA season, but I would probably say that, like, my excitement level is probably somewhere near around a seven. You know, I I love the NBA, I love the game, um, but the last few years, the, the regular season just doesn't have as much of a flavor as I think it once did. And it was funny, like today, talking with my roommates, how do we change that? And it's so interesting that the English Premier League does not have a playoff structure at all, right? They just play their regular season. Whoever is winning the league at the end of the regular season, that's your EPL winner. I I just was like kind of picturing that in the world of basketball, and it kind of, I don't know, it had my curiosity a little bit. But The answer is seven, and you kind of heard some of the reasoning why.
1: Well, dude, I mean, not even the Premier League. Every, every other league, uh, international-wise, they just, they just yeah. have a season, and who's, who's at the top at the end? How do you accumulate your points? And then what's pretty cool is what happened today. Like, you have Champions League, right? So you get a bid sort of to play in a tournament to crown, like, the European champion of the whole continent. That'll never happen here because of revenue and because of playoff and just the history, but that would be one way to make it interesting, to make every game intriguing because for me, dude, I'm at like a five. And the reason why I'm at like a five is because the NBA, you're right about the regular season. I saw I saw. A shouts to Brandon Marshall, friend of the show, friend of the program. He put up a post yesterday on his Instagram and he said, NBA starts in April, but I'm watching for now. And it's like, dude, that's a great, that's a great description of how the NBA is. Because whether you have guys sitting out because of load management, minute restrictions, whatever it might be, it just dilutes the product. When they don't take it seriously, why should we take it seriously? And now you're seeing all NBA this year. You have new criterias, MVPs. You have new criterias where guys need to play. There's a threshold that they have to hit a certain amount of games for you to be eligible. You can't just play 50 games and win MVP anymore. I think the number is 50. It's more than 60. I think it is. It's about, they said three fourths of a season is what you would have to play. And for me, the fun starts when the playoffs start. Now, the other big takeaway I had just from the, the, the debut, dude, of the NBA season yesterday, and we're recording while all the games are going on tonight on Wednesday, but, bro, isn't it crazy, Bo, that this dude, Jokic, was, like, on a farm slugging beers Like, how much basketball and running did he do in the offseason and then comes back ring night and just has a 29-point triple-double? And it kind of looks effortless, bro. That's the thing that's the craziest about Jokic is that you'll look and you'll watch the game. And as I was watching them play the Lakers yesterday, I'm watching and I'm saying to myself, yo, he's not even, like, having a good game. And then you look at the box score and it's just so effortless. It's crazy to me, dude.
3: Something we've talked about before with fighting an MMA is the weird balance of supreme confidence, but also, like, the ability to, to check your ego. Yo, I got to work on this. Like, oh, man, I almost got clipped in that fight. Oh, you know, oh, this kid from this country is, has a really good wrestling or grappling game plan. Dude, if, if you're not watching Jokic from the United States of America – And you're not starting to ask serious questions about what we know about the game of basketball. This guy's doing it like completely different and opposite of what we're being taught and told here in the US. I know we're the best in the world at this sport. I just, I think at some point we could probably have a little bit of an ego check and say, hey man, we might want to consider some other routes of playing this game of basketball because sooner or later it just feels like the entire world's going to be able to play the game the way that he does because it's so much more efficient and slower paced. And it, it doesn't really require the same like barriers of entry that other basketball players require, like the ability to jump really high or run really fast. Jokic, huge body. I'm not saying that he's not gifted genetically, but outside of that, he's really just winning with his mind. Uh, I don't know. It, it makes me ask some serious questions about American basketball.
1: Dude, think about this also.
2: The top 10 ESPN list for the NBA. They have Giannis, Jokic, Joel Embiid, Luka, Steph Curry. That's your top five, right? Yo, four of the five are international, bro.
1: Four of the five are international. And and I know Embiid, like he went to college here. And whatnot. The other guys are just like from Europe that came over. Like none of them played college basketball. But the game, the game has definitely changed, dude. And it's just wild that you know, you know what Jokic reminded me of yesterday, dude? Because uh, Anthony Davis in the offseason was saying, like, yo, I want the matchup, I want Luke, uh, I want I want Jokic <laughs> and whatnot. It reminded me, dude, and you're gonna love this because you're an MMA guy, of when John Jones and DC were chirping at each other at the press conference. And John Jones told DC, dude, I beat you off a night of cocaine. And like Jokic, Jokic is like on a farm, slugging beers, dancing, partying. He said he took the months off and then comes back and everyone else is in the gym. And it's like, bro, how defeating is that? If a guy tells you like he's out partying and shit and you're giving it your all, you're doing all these training, these extra camps, it got to be deflating, bro. And that's what I was thinking about. With Jokic. Okay, two things.
3: Two things here, Nick. Two things. Two things, real quick. One, you know, people are giving AD a hard time about this, right? That he was talking, saying what he was going to do. What do you want him to do? Come on, <laughs> like you're you're a Hooper, okay? You're 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 getting paid millions and millions. You're a superstar in this league. When you're playing your best, you're as good as anyone, Anthony Davis. What's he supposed to say? Like, is he supposed to roll over to Jokic and say? oh man, yeah, we got no shot at him this year. It's like, no. I, I would be way more concerned with the Lakers and Anthony Davis if he had not said that stuff. Mm. I would have been way more concerned if he had lost the fire and it didn't bother him that the Nuggets, you know, attacked and, and won the big battle in the the matchup against the Lakers. So, that's my first thing is, like, people complaining about Anthony Davis talking like that. Like, what do you want him to do? He's an athlete. Come on. That's why we love them. Is, is that Belief, that self-confidence. And then the other thing is maybe, just maybe, Nick, there's like a little rope-a-dope happening with Jokic. Do you really think he doesn't care that much? Because I don't know, for a guy who's dedicating like, you know, eight months out of his year to this sport, and I would imagine he would love to run less, and I would love to imagine that he would love to eat more food, But he still makes these sacrifices. I don't know. Like, of course, I love the clips of him, you know, loving his horses and talking shit on the NBA schedule or whatever it is. But ultimately, I think he cares more than he lets on.
1: Sure. But I think that that's what the big appeal with him is, too, where when they won the they won the finals and he was just so nonchalant about it. He's like, now we can rest. Like, he just wants to go was back. Was that
3: not sad to you, though? Like, was that not, like, 1%
1: sad to you? Yeah, dude. Of course. As someone that just told you, I want to make $20 million and then <laughs> bounce. Yeah. Like, that, would be, that was pretty sad. Like, you have to enjoy those yeah. moments, too. But I think that's just part of his aura, and that's his thing. I don't want to call it a gimmick. I just think that's who he is. And And, like, Europeans in general, like, they're very laid back. They're kind of just, like, They're always chilling, bro. It's one of the issues I run in with like family that comes and visits from Greece. They're like blown away that on a Tuesday afternoon, my dad got to go to work or my mom's working where in Greece, it's like fucking nap time. It's like, oh yeah, we're just going to shut everything down. And it's (laughs) like, what? You know, they just have, they have no concept of that. And I, I think that just goes back to Jokic. like where they're from, it's like, they're chilling a lot and their thing is just like, they kind of they kind of do this thing where they're playing the sport. And I'm not saying that he don't love basketball, but there's been a lot of football guys that have come out and been like, "Yo, I didn't love football. It just helped me get successful." Or I don't love I don't love fighting, but it's a thing that I'm great at. GSP, he says he hates fighting, but it was what made him successful and what made him who he was. So, it's a weird dynamic, bro, and I, and I would love to one day be able to just Like we need like a 30 for 30 on him to get, he would be fascinating.
3: Yeah, he would be. I want to know the truth. I want to know someday. I think someday we will get a little more truth to him, but uh, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon yet. I want to,
1: we spent some time on Jokic and he's, he's going to be a big talking point. Obviously they're the defending champion. And one thing that really jumped out to me, bro, was how many people weren't picking the nuggets to repeat. A lot of people were picking your team. A lot of people are picking the Celtics, the Suns, and obviously because of the flashy moves that were made. But I think, and I've been harping on this for a couple of years now, how if Murray doesn't get hurt, who knows if this is, you know, a second title that they won, right? Like we don't know, or, or they're going for three. And this all started when the Nuggets went to the finals last year and everyone was bad-mouthing them, saying, oh, no one's going to watch the finals now because... It's Denver. It's a small market. Like, who cares about Denver? It's like, bro, who cared about Golden State in 2013? Nobody. But you get these like generational talents. And I hate using that word because like everyone's a generational talent, but like Jokic is, right? Steph Curry was and still is. It's like now they're a household name and they're becoming more and more popular. And Jamal Murray now is coming into this year after winning a title. He's not coming back off rehab and trying to get back into the swing of things after getting hurt. It blew my mind how many people weren't picking the nuggets because I don't want to overreact to one game, but they lose Bruce Brown in the offseason, dude. But don't Jokic Bo strike you as someone that could just make anybody elevate just being around
3: him? Yeah, I'm one one million percent. Uh, when the Bucks won their championship in 21. The following weeks after the NBA Finals, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton ended up to go play overseas in the Olympics for Team USA. And this was like, you know, this is after a deep playoff run. You just won the title. Like three of the series went to game sevens, right? Your body's broken down. And that following year in 2022, Middleton was pretty banged up, um, at least for a lot of the first half of the season and and decent chunk of the second half the long postseasons wear on you um that's my only concern with the nuggets like I have zero roster issues with them I don't foresee any coaching issues I see zero team chemistry issues and it's just like man I, I check off those boxes they are undeniably like a top three favorite to win this thing again and it feels that their title run was duplicatable. Like, that's something they could do again. I I don't foresee that as, oh, man, did the Nuggets really string some games together? Oh, did the Nuggets get hot? Like, not really. It didn't feel that the Nuggets got that hot. It felt like that was just Nuggets basketball. That is probably the reason I like them so much heading into this year.
2: I agree with you with the wear and tear But bro, they were beating the piss out of people in the playoffs. Yeah, and
1: they they had no game sevens, right? Like they they cleaned up. They went they breezed through, bro. Like look, in the first round they won in five against Phoenix. They won in six. They swept the Lakers, and then they beat the the Heat in five. So they lost three games in the playoffs. Four games, excuse me. Four games in the playoffs. So they're not playing these like lengthy series, which you're right. Like, yo, dude, I was super, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I, from like 2008 to about 2016, I was all in on hockey. Fucking loved hockey. I still like hockey. I I, I love going to hockey games. But like, bro, I could have told you about the Rangers. Like I was watching the Rangers all the time. And one of the knocks on the Rangers then were- Like the John Tortorella Rangers, they would play seven game series every single time. And it would be 1-0, 2-1 games. Lundquist is standing on his head. And they would lead the league in block shots. Like all the defensemen, Delzato and Girardi and all these dudes are just eating hockey pucks off their bodies. And then eventually, like, you just fall off a cliff because you're playing all these playoff games. And we know about the intensity in the playoffs with the Nuggets. I know different sports, obviously, but the Nuggets, they didn't play much in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, you know, you're talking about the the hockey comp and I, this actually works out really well for the Nuggets, but that strategy of like, oh, let's go seven games. Like a lot of people might view that as, oh, the Rangers got taken to seven games, right? Because that's the team who won. Maybe they should have won a few games earlier. But I also think you could view it as, like, maybe the Rangers were trying to take them into deep water. Mm. You know, maybe the Rangers felt the comfort in those late games. Maybe they liked the, the flavor and the, the energy of MSG in games five, six, seven, whatever it is. Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different ways to win a series. And for the Nuggets, they don't have to go to deep waters. At least they haven't proven to have to yet. Um, and I think that's really beneficial for them trying to uh, replicate the success that they've had so far. It's nice that they don't have to rely on, you know, deep waters.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. We're going to have to wait and see how this plays out, but I think we're in the middle of something special with Denver. And if you go back to like the bubble year and then the years after, if they don't lose Jamal Murray, and obviously that's part of the game. I think you're looking at this sort of in the middle of a dynasty potentially, but let's talk about, let's talk about a team that you like to go maybe over their win total.
2: Give me a team that you like to go over their win total.
3: Okay, so this was you you sent over some questions, you know, beforehand and that I just wanted to do some homework on, do some prep work. This is a gross pick, man. But I I actually didn't want to pick like a good team or like a, a good pick. I wanted something that I could build like an argument on, right? I just wanted to come with something that I could at least lay out some points and say, Uh, You know what? Maybe it's a little wackier. Okay, so here's what I got for you, Nick. This team was 27 and 55 last year. Their superstar, their best player, in my opinion, only played in 36 of those games. And the total for this team this upcoming season is 31 and a half wins. The Charlotte Hornets last year did not have LaMelo Ball for over half of the season. And this is a team that's got like, you know, plenty of public media issues, um, you know, the the public just cannot stand them right now. They've made uh morality questions whatever. Listen, I, I, we're not here to talk about. It. All my point is is one, the public hates them. Mm. Two, their win total from last year essentially is the same as this year but your superstar, your best player, LaMelo Ball, should be playing in at least 20 more games, and that's giving him 20 games to be injured for. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was my answer there. And again, just wanted to build an argument more than I wanted to make a, a pick.
1: You bring up something interesting, whether it's the Hornets or just in general. <clears throat> when a win total is within, in the NBA, at least for me, this is how I view it. When you look at a team's wins from the year before, And then the year after, they're setting a number that's within... My number is five in my head. If it's within five games of that number, and you factor in what you mentioned, LaMelo wasn't there for all those games, right? Like about 45 games he missed. You're telling me that if LaMelo plays 35 of those games, they're not winning at least five of those to get you to the over? Based on what we know from the year before... So it's just like a rule of thumb. And and that's one of the things I like doing with this show, bro, is sort of giving people like spots and scenarios. You have to almost always bet on by default. I talk about this in the NFL all the time. You have a team that is perceived and we know is good. They get blown out the week before. And if it's on prime time, it's even better. It makes the case even better. Take them the next week. Because more times than not, if they are good, if they want to be a serious contender... They're going to bounce back in a big way. And there's some teams that we're going to talk about in the NFL a little bit later. But it's kind of the same concept that I'm bringing up here where I thought the Hornets are a contender. But yeah, LaMelo didn't play. That's their best player. Take the best player off any team in any sport. There's going to be a downgrade, bro. There's a reason why he's a max contract kind of player.
3: Yeah, I mean, he also just like completely gets the offense involved. So, like, I, I don't know. That was just one that caught my eye. And you know, the other thing, Nick, and I, I'm going to say this probably a couple more times, but like, you know, last time I was on your show, we talked about I joined Vayner Sports mm. um, for my role. So, like, for work right now, I'm doing you know social media strategy for athletes at Vayner Sports. So I'm no longer doing any like gambling betting content. You know, for the last two years, I was with DraftKings. I was doing stuff over at 1:37 p.m. daily podcast, all that stuff. So in the last year, kind of since that change and transition, I'm not really viewing it as like making picks. I just, I'm trying to find arguments, man. Like I love building like stories or narratives and like, we're going to get to it later, but this whole talk of the town team, like narrative, like, dude, I can get behind that stuff all day long. And, and this felt kind of like that.
1: Well, bro, that's a lot of what betting is also it's public perception that's built into it. And I have a group of friends that I've, you know, I've known my whole life. And look, I'm going to clip this on. I might even tag them because I've been feeling spicy lately. They don't really know anything about betting. So I'll ask them what they like. And if they tell me a pick and I'm on the other side, I feel so good about it. All right, they were all telling me about Miami last week. They're like, bro, Miami, Philly just lost to the Jets. It's like, what did I just tell you before, Bo? Philly just lost to the Jets the week before. All right, it wasn't on primetime. But dude, how do you lose to the Jets and Zach Wilson? What the fuck? Oh, you're under a field goal at home against Miami, who we we know is a good team. Well, I don't know if we know they're a good team. They're kind of a bully. You know, they they've beaten every the, the teams that they've beaten have like a five and twenty-eight record. But anyway, besides the point, they were on Miami. I'm like, oh, I love Philly so much more now, right? They were on the Lions. I love the Ravens so much more now. So a lot of it is is public perception and what the what's the conversation because the sports books know this too, dude. The Lions last week, the talk of the town. Everyone's talking about them. Stephen A. Smith put them as their number one team on in the NFL, and then everyone's betting the Lions. It's like, all right, yeah, we're definitely taking Baltimore here. So it's it's just little things like that that I think go a long way. I I want to mention a team and I want to hear your thoughts on
2: this because I feel as if the younger the team, the better for the regular season. To use the talk of the town scenario here, a lot of people are high on the thunder. Like a lot of people. Their win total is at 44 and a half. I like the over. I want to give you a hot take, bro. I think they could be a top
1: three seed. The reason why I say that is because they have they have a young core. They got SGA, who was uh, All NBA last year. He did do the the skims with Kim K, so we got to monitor that. The off -hmm. the the field stuff could be a little wacky, you know. It's just
3: no. That's actually that makes me want to hit the over more. Oh
1: yeah. Okay.
3: I didn't know he had superstar qualities like that. Like once I saw that, I'm like, oh, you know what? He he actually is going to go up my MVP uh, rankings.
1: Dude, I love this. He got the he got the Kim cosine. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's yeah. mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's an upgrade for that. But on a serious note, I, I feel like young teams, and I've talked about this in the past, like with um with the Nuggets early on. Remember the Nuggets a couple of years ago where a one seed like out of nowhere and. And then they ended up, like, faltering in the playoffs. Um, seen it in the past with, like, the Hawks, those, like, Hawks teams. Would, they would take the regular season really seriously. And then you'd have teams like the Spurs and the Heat kind of be like, yeah, we'll, we'll be the sixth seed. It's cool. But the Thunder have the youngest roster in the NBA. They're getting Chet, who they didn't have him last year. You throw him in the mix with SGA. This is a team that got in the playing game. The West is stacked, but I also think SGA now is on that superstar level. He's a dark horse candidate for MVP for sure. I think they're a borderline 50 win team. So them being at 44 and a half, I'm leaning towards the over on that and rather comfortably.
3: Yeah, you're you're definitely not alone in this belief that they have um the potential of a three seed. Like they're actually probably one of the few teams in the NBA where their win total probably hovers in like a 10 game gap almost. Like they're one of the very few teams that might be hard to pinpoint the exact, you know, uh, expected wins for them. But the only downside that I can think of to Oklahoma city thunder, and really just to play devil's advocate, because everything you're saying is correct, right? Young team, they're going to get a lot of wins. SGA is great. They're getting Chet Hall. That? All those things are true. And, should be factors in how they do this year. The only thing that is different from this year and last year is expectations. Bingo. This year, for the first time in the last seven years, people are going to see Oklahoma City Thunder on their schedule for the next day and go, ah, shit, we got SGA tomorrow. You know, that this is get, that's new to them. So there's no more, uh, oh, man, we really uh, – we really tripped over in Oklahoma City. What happened on that road trip? Yeah, no, 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 no. None of that's happening anymore this year. Teams are going to be very well aware when they go to OKC. Ah, shit. We got the thunder tonight. We, we got to bring it.
1: Yeah, and SGA is in that range now. He's, he's 25 years old, and it's usually like 24 to about 28 is where that guy gets that, like, he enters superstardom, right? And last year, he entered it by making All-NBA. But then look, yo, you got Dort. Defensively, you got giddy. You obviously got SGA. You don't you don't know what to make a check because we didn't see him last year, but he was super hyped coming out the draft. And they're a team that I think I think they're gonna make some noise, man. And I think because they're so young, like you look at their roster, 20, 24, 21, 21, 24, 21, 25, 21, 19, 24, 22, 21, 26, 130 year old, Bertans. And then a twenty-eight year old. It's like this team is young. I think they're going to care more about the regular season. And there's always a team that sort of enters that top four that you just didn't see happening. Last year was my Knicks. No one thought the Knicks were going to be a top top four seed. Or, or, you know, so it's like it's a weird uh, it's a weird dynamic. I think the Knicks were five though. I'm mistaken, but they were like I think them and the Cavs kind of had the same record. But you saw it with Memphis a couple years ago, too. They shot up to being a two seed. So it happens. And I think, I think the Thunder are that team for me. That's my play.
3: Beautiful. Uh, do you have a uh, under play? I have an under play.
1: I don't feel confident in it. But this is, this is more so a, oh, shit. Shit has hit the fan kind of play. Don't you feel like okay. it could go really, really bad for the
2: Clippers? Like, I mean I mean fire sale, sort of get rid of everyone. Cause it has it has
1: a lot of potential for that to be the case, bro. Like Kawhi, Paul George, we know the injury history with them too. They got Tyron Lue, at head coach. The roster is good, but it's also just a lot of you know, Russ
2: is there. Covington, Batum. I just think like with Paul George and Kawhi, it's it,
1: if one of them goes down and then the other one is angry, wants to get traded out, I don't know. I think the 44 and a half, it's something I'm taking on there.
3: I'm not necessarily saying uh, that they're a one seed in the West, but respectfully disagree on the concerns of the Clippers. Okay. Um, I think they have too many professionals in the entire building, to be honest. Like you have guys who have just been in the league for a good amount of time, who know the ebbs and flows of the regular season. They're well coached. They have a great front office. They have a passionate owner. Like they, I just don't see, like I've been to probably three or four Clipper games every year for like the last decade, almost like I love going to Clipper games because they're so cheap compared to Laker games. Mm-hmm. Balmer fucking cares, man. Like, this is not no... I don't think this is business to him, bro. I, I, I don't. There's no way that he is like this with his business because it would just wear on you like crazy. I think he loves to win. I think he wants to kick ass. And really, this 44 number is already factoring in Kawhi and PG probably not playing the full season. By the grace of God if they were to surprise us and play like a little bit more, I don't know. I, I I would not, I personally am not viewing them as like a, Oh, they could go into fire sale mode.
1: They did get on the number 44 last year. They were 44 and 38. They were the five seed. I think with the Clippers, there would be a team that I would want to bet on come February, March. If I see, yo, they've been good. They've been healthy. They've looked good against the Nuggets and against the Suns and some of the other teams in the league. That's when I would probably get in on them. They were also my finals pick last year. I was in on the, on the Clippers, okay. so I got a little PTSD okay. about that. That's another thing with betting too, right? <laughs> you take the biases from one year and roll it over to another. Uh, I want to ask you about the MVP. I feel yep. as if the MVP award, Bo, and I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but this happened around the time when Golden State really emerged as the definitive favorite. It's the only time in my life, dude, when they got Durant and then they got Boogie and they already had the Splash Brothers and Draymond and all those guys that I saw a team to win a title had minus odds. (laughs) Like they were minus 140 to win the NBA title. You usually, I would say, always see a plus. Maybe it's plus 180, maybe it's plus 200. But to see a minus for a favorite like that was wild to me. They ended up winning the finals anyway. The reason why I'm saying this is because I feel around that time in the NBA, something interesting happened. Everyone was saying to themselves, yo, it's going to be the Cavs and it's going to be the Warriors. That's who's going to be in the finals. And what people yeah. started doing to make it more appealing, to make it more interesting is every week they would talk the MVP and then the MVP just became its own thing and its own sort of discussion-led talk shows became such a big talking point. So now I feel like the MVP award, you're going to see it. like Every two, three days, it's going to be updated. One guy drops 50, oh, he's the MVP. The next two days from now, the other guy drops 50, he's the MVP, and you're going to be seeing that. And I think that all goes back to the Golden State Calves finals matchups where everyone knew it was going to be them too. So why even care about the regular season? This is how you care. We talk about the MVP.
3: Okay. You might be right. You might be right. And I'm not saying that I'm right, but two things happened around the same time. Okay. And it's going to be hard for us to pinpoint what was the cause of what you're kind of getting at here. So around the time that the Warriors and the Cavs were dominating You know, doing their thing, and the Warriors are this minus favorite to win the NBA title. Around that same time, League Pass is more and more popular. Mm. Illegal streams are more and more available for people across the country. Nick, who's in Las Vegas, it is so easy for him to watch his New York Knicks back home. It is so easy for Mr. T, AKA the Shock Doctor, my dad. It is so easy for him in San Diego to watch his Bucks. We are now equipped to be able to see those superstars anywhere. Like for the first time, we were able to go. Oh man, that guy in uh, that guy in Philly. He probably deserves it. I watched a couple games this year, dude. Like before two thousand five, there was no league pass where you were watching the rest of the league, and that it was impossible to even have an MVP conversation. Everyone was just arguing you know, what player that they watched the most that year. This is probably the first time where we started to go, oh man, Jokic has a really good shot. Ah, Embiid's right there. Man, it's hard to count out Giannis. Those two things happened at the same time. You might be right, Nick. But part of me also thinks that people just are now really able to see people across the league, which makes the MVP conversation more interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a really strong, strong take. I like it. And it makes sense, right? Because that's also around the same time where like streaming became even more popular. Like League mm-hmm. Pass came around, I'm looking it up right now, offering streaming video access to select games in 2006. In 2008, it became all games. And then in 2018, it became Dish Network, Sling TV online platform. But in between wow. that was when it became accessible on apps no longer needing cable. And it's around that time too. Remember cord cutting? Everyone was cord cutting. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting, man. And, and look, I think the history of the NBA MVP award, I've talked about this in the past, but every time around this time of year, you got to bring it up. Historically, you need to be a top three seed. Your team needs to win about 50 games. And you need, if you really dive into it, Bo, you need to have, it's very rare that a guy wins MVP having not received MVP
2: votes the year before. So it's not, it's very rare for like, I'm trying to think of a guy
1: right now who would fit that mold that just didn't receive any MVP, like CJ McCollum. That's the first name that came to my mind. But like, imagine if CJ McCollum right now, (laughs) like CJ McCollum didn't receive, I was thinking of a good player, that hasn't received MVP votes. And he's the first one that, that came to mind. Shouts to, shouts to Lehigh University's CJ McCollum. Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine if like he wouldn't be able to win MVP. it has to be something outrageous. You need to have votes from the year before is why I'm saying that. And there's ways that you can narrow it down to the guys that should be able to win the MVP is what I'm saying. And for me, I think you got to look at a top three seed before you make a pick.
3: All right. Well, so obviously, you know, we have admiration for each other's content and creation skills, but it feels like we might have the same notes here. All right. What I've got in my notes, Nick, what is the recipe for an MVP? Top three seed. Yep. Pretty much you have to be a top leading, top five leading scorer in the league about um, and you have to be the clear number one option on offense. Like, those are those are kind of the three things. Um, I want to show you something. Since 2001, this is what I got. Tim Duncan wins back-to-back MVPs 2002-2003. Steve Nash wins back-to-back MVPs 2005-2006. LeBron wins back-to-back MVPs 2009-2010, 2012-2013. Curry comes in 2015-2016, Giannis 2019-2020, Jokic 2021-2022, and it feels like when the MVP voters don't know who the clear-cut option is, they kind of are going with the guy who won it the year before, like up to two years. I don't know, man. Like I'm not saying I think Embiid is there because I actually think Embiid might need Harden to win the MVP vote because... The Sixers might struggle to be a top three seed without Harden, um, and so that's my spiel on Harden. For my spiel on the recipe of MVP, let's let's cut let's you know ch- check some boxes here.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Top three seed, the Celtics will be
3: it. Top five leading scorer in the league, Tatum's going to be right there. Tatum's going to be the clear number one option on offense. So, you know, obviously I'm a huge Giannis fan. I will think, I will argue that he's the best player in the league the entire time, but outside of, like, Giannis, I I would probably go somewhere towards Tatum, despite this Embiid evidence, but I just don't think it factored in the, the lack of Harden.
1: The last nine MVP winners have finished in the top 10 in the season before they're winning of the award. So like what I said also about that, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Um, Tatum is actually my pick. And <laughs> those listening are like, yo, is he just resurfacing <laughs> this from the last two years? Cause third time's a charm, bro. Listen, he won all-star MVP. He won, he won the wrong MVP bow. And he's cost me a couple hundred, a hundred dollars. Uh, I'm leaning towards Tatum, man. I think the Celtics could be the one seed. Um, They they sort of reloaded. They got Porzingis. They got Drew Holiday. I think Drew is going to be fired up too for those matchups with Milwaukee. Be like, damn,
2: bro, you guys just got like dipped down on me.
3: Disagree. Okay, how come? It's just it's not really Drew's. It's just it's just not Drew's like mentality. He's like not like that. Like like honestly, he's way more of a pro. And he's going to go into that game being like, guys, I'm happy to be a Celtic. Let's go win it. Like, I don't think Drew is a fu kind yeah. of player. Maybe it proves me wrong. And I'm eating my words here in like, you know, six months. And Drew's just busting our ass. But it, that's not really his mentality.
1: Dude, the reason why I'm smiling is because remember when the Pelicans played the Blazers in the playoffs many years ago when AD and Drew were there and the Blazers were a three seed? They swept the Blazers and drew holiday. I felt like Dame and CJ McCollum were never going to come back to the NBA because he stole their soul in that game. Dude, he just has, look, there's some guys. It's the weirdest thing ever. Like there's some dudes that just always cook that one player or that one team. Like as a Knicks fan, I've seen, I mean, the list is endless, but like Chris Middleton, (laughs) Chris Middleton historically kills the Celtics. So random, but he just, like, all his best games ever, if you look at it, it's, it's against the Celtics. It's just certain matchups, certain guys, they just violate the other dude. And that's what Drew does to Damian Lillard. So that's going to be a fascinating that, dynamic, yeah. too.
3: He might have, like, an on-court actual advantage, right? Where like, oh man, Drew's really good at guarding guys who pull up going to their right. So it might be an actual on-court advantage that he has, but I just don't see it as a mentality thing for Drew. I think Drew's just the ultimate pro. He's one of my favorite players that the Bucks have ever had. He's probably one of my favorite NBA athletes I've ever watched or supported. I think he's an incredible person. I think he's an amazing family. Um, I like that he's not an FU player, but you know, he might own game, but I, I just don't think it'll be like a, yo, I got his ass type type deal.
1: I agree. I agree. You swung me a little bit. That was good. <laughs> but with the Celtics, though, with the Celtics, I think everyone, it's weird because I think that, I think that there's four teams that could win the title this year. Honestly, I would say three and a half. I think it's the Nuggets, the Celtics and the Bucks. And the reason why I said three and a half is I got to wait and see what the suns. It looks great. It looks great, but Bradley Beal already is missing time because of a back, and he's had his, his concerns. And they're just so top-heavy where it's you're going to need those three guys to get you 80 a night, and then from there, figure out the rest. But I just, think, I just think it's asking a lot. And these are also two dudes where my concern with the Suns last year in the playoffs also was they had to play Chris Paul, Devin Booker, k d forty plus minutes and it's like bro, those guys a lot of going back to your argument earlier, the wear and tear it adds up, but my my pick is is Tatum, hopefully I'm right on this one, I actually went and I bet it I got it at plus seven fifty uh and i think I think this is a
2: year for him
3: right there with you i mean uh th- I think and hope Giannis gets it, but uh. Like, you know, I just feel like the the recipe right now is in line for Tatum to get this thing.
2: Give me your NBA finals prediction.
3: I didn't want to make the Bucks Nuggets prediction, but I'm going to only because this week I was scrolling through like old high school and uh, just old Facebook stuff, right? Where I was like younger and I would just post these rankings, right? I'd rank my five favorite small forwards in basketball. I would rank my five favorite Will Will Ferrell characters. And early on, I was on Giannis. And then all of a sudden, I was getting into these arguments. And and at one point, there was a conversation I had in like 2018 where I'm like, man, feels like Jokic and Giannis are destined to eventually match up. Like it feels that way. And so just because I had saw that comment earlier this week, I'll I'll say uh, Nuggets, Bucks. Uh, for old time's sake.
1: Yeah, that that's, that's what I got also, man. I just think that they're the two... Like with the Celtics, I, I, I'm kind of fed up with the Celtics in the sense where we're always waiting for it to happen with them. And look, they've been to a finals, but they have a lot of...
2: They give me the same kind of vibe of like those... Remember those like Andy Dalton Bengals teams?
1: Obviously, they're way more talented like they have a Tatum, mm-hmm. right? But like Andy Dalton and the Bengals would be like a two, three seed, and then they'd always get bounced in the first round. And it's like the Celtics, not that the okay. Celtics, not that the Celtics don't make it to like conference finals and finals, which they have. Like they've been, if you look at the last like six years, ever since Tatum came into the league, they've had an amazing, amazing playoff record and and the accolade, they just haven't won a title, but they're in conference finals year in, year out. They always run into the heat, and that seems to be their kryptonite, a team that just seems to have their number. But for me, it's just something where, until proven otherwise, like I'm going to go with Milwaukee, and I just don't trust Boston when it really matters. And also, I think it's because of Jalen
2: Brown, dude. I'm not a Jalen Brown guy.
3: Well, luckily for Brown and Tatum, a lot of the responsibilities that they probably had to carry that were incredibly difficult, you know, you add drew holiday to the mix and all of a sudden Brown and Tatum, those defensive responsibilities just got a lot easier. And, you know, I, I think Marcus smart is a outstanding defensive player. Uh, I think he's been really good for the Celtics, but what drew holiday can actually do to an opposing, um, backcourt is, is really special. And, I think there's going to be times this year where Brown and Tatum are looking at each other like, yo, dude, can you believe this right now? This guy's just swallowing up this opposing guard. All we have to do is board and get out into transition. Like, There's a really good chance that this is the easiest season that Jalen Brown has had.
1: It could be. It definitely could be. And... I just feel like, with well, Marcus Smart, they loved Marcus Smart, but you, you had to make some sort of change. You couldn't run back the same team. And that's why I think they went and they, they made a move for Porzingis, which is going to be interesting to see if he can stay healthy. We're going to see what happens with Drew Holiday also being thrown into the mix. But I think Tatum, Tatum, it's it's the year for him to carry them to, to that next level. Um, I want to mention one thing about the NBA Finals. And it's it's really important because... Bo, unlike other sports,
2: you kind of have an idea of who's going to win the title. What I mean by that is, since 1990, this is going back a while. Only four times in NBA history
1: has an NBA Finals winner had odds worse than the top five odds. So basically, if you're looking at this year, for example, your champion's going to be. The Celtics, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Suns, or the Lakers. This is what history is telling us. The only times that it wasn't the case, the Golden State Warriors, they were 28 to 1. They were actually the ninth favorite. The 2011 Dallas Mavericks, they were 20 to 1. They were the seventh favorite. The Raptors in 2018, 2019, they were plus 1,800. They were the sixth favorite. And then you had the 04 Pistons. They were 15 to 1, but they were the 6th favorite.
2: Everyone else, bro, has been a top 5 favorite. Process of elimination tells you that our
1: NBA champion this year is going to be the Celtics, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Suns, or the Lakers.
2: And that's since 1990. So, that's a
3: that's a massive yes. sample size. <laughs> That is the reason the NBA is my favorite sports league in the world. Okay. Because the best team wins. Mm. You look at baseball right now, right? You've got the Arizona Diamondbacks who barely got into the playoffs going against the Texas Rangers who were really hot to start the year but then kind of fell a little bit and then weren't even sure if the Rangers were going to make it into the World Series. Like, now people are complaining Yo, what's wrong with baseball's format? Like these are two teams that no one really watches, whatever. I love that the best team wins in the NBA. Mm. That's what I want. That's the goal of all of this is to figure out who the best team is. And I love that dynamic. I I always talk about people say that it's the worst part of the NBA. And to me, like I just argue the exact opposite. The goal of all of this to me is who are the best five guys that can go out and get, you know, W's and I think the NBA does that better than, you know, most other leagues.
2: I agree with what you're saying. I don't think public,
1: the public agrees because the public loves the underdog story. Oh, they definitely story. don't. Yeah, they want. Oh, oh,
0: you're 1,000% right. Yeah. And I'm right. not even yeah. talking, yeah, about, 10, not 1, even
1: talking about a betting perspective. I just mean in general, like people root for the underdog. Like we all know that, right? That's why people are always to bring betting into this. They're always going to bet a plus number. Yo, minus 300, this is a lock. Nah, bro, I'm going to bet the plus 280. Okay, cool. Like, this is what people want. So I think it, it's going to come down to one of, those, one of those five teams, not really going out on a limb. And, and like I said, when I mentioned before, I'm at three and a half teams that I think, and all three and a half of those teams are on that list there. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I'll have you back on the show again to talk some NBA later on. Not that you're going anywhere now, but just mention that in general. Uh, I do want to take a moment to run an ad break. And while we do that, let's give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Fly Me Out. Fly Me Out curates, curates and scouts trips to some of the world's most exciting locations, Those who join only need to purchase their slot. They take care of everything else. Listeners of Veterans Minimum, do you legends ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into curated experiences. And with their platform, it's never been easier to find your tribe and to see the globe. Don't just travel, make memories with Fly Me Out. Use code VM1 for expedited application review. That is code VM1 for expedited application review. Bo,
2: let me ask you a question. Staying on this topic. Bring it on. What's your dream place to go visit?
3: Uh, The two places are probably the, like, uh, homes of my family. So I'd throw in uh, Madeira, which is where my family from my mom's side is from. It's where Ronaldo's from. And then uh, Greece, where my dad's family. So those are probably the two answers.
2: Fly me out. Got some trips going over there, bro. That's all I'm saying. Cheap plug, plug away. Fly me out. VM1. Wow. Okay. Wow.
1: That was a good setup, right? I had a fe- I had a feeling you that were gonna good. say I had a feeling you were gonna say Portugal. I, I know that's your background, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I-, I just had a good feeling. Okay, let's move on over to some discouraging news that went down late last night in mm-hmm. uh, in the UFC and in the MMA world. Jon Jones got hurt. Two weeks away, the big pay per view in Madison Square Garden. Uh, him and Stipe were supposed to be the headlines for the heavyweight title. John Jones gets hurt, tears his peck. I know why you're upset. I see why you're upset. I'm also upset. People that bought tickets to this event are upset. Now, I will say, I love the interim matchup that they made for the belt. I think that's a banger of a fight, too. But it sucks what happened to John Jones, bro. And it also sucks for Stipe. Because Stipe has been waiting for another chance at the belt. He hasn't fought since he fought Francis. And it's just unfortunate for both of these guys who, let's face it, man, how many more fights do they got on them?
3: So I'm I'm upset for a couple of reasons. So let's start here again. I'll. Throughout the, I work at Vayner Sports. We represent Stepe. So work-wise, this was a really big deal, right, for the mm. company. Like this was a project we've been spending time on, marketing, and oh man, let's make sure Stepe is just like in tune. We, you know, just trying to perfect this entire process of like an entire fight camp. And you know, yes, Stepe has waited a long time for a, a chance at the belt. To me, it's it's more than that, though, Nick. Like I think he was waiting at a chance at like. A legendary fight, like this is—it's a belt plus a legendary fight. So that's one reason why I'm upset. The other reason I'm upset—I'm headed to New York on
2: November 10th, and uh, I'm going.
3: I'm I'm going to the fight, but I uh, you know now now not seeing that fight. So yeah, I'm I'm bummed, man.
1: I mean, look. I'm hoping, I had a friend of mine that dropped some serious money on that ticket and he is not happy <laughs> because it was a very expensive ticket. I was actually planning on going back yeah. that weekend because one of my buddies is getting married that same weekend. And I was like, yo, you know, what? it'd be a dope trip. I'd go to the wedding, go to the flight also. But then the combination of like how much money that whole trip was going to cost. And then, you know, a couple of things went down that didn't allow me to leave anyway, because I got pretty busy with some stuff too. It was, you know, you talk about some serious dough to drop on these tickets, man. And you're right how, like, it wasn't only a title fight. It's one last chance to headline. It's against the guy in the whole fight game. And the aura and the legacy to it would have been, like, it's more than the belt, right? To be able to get that notch it is. under your resume to say, yo, I'm the greatest heavyweight of all time. And then I beat, potentially beat, the greatest fighter of all time. It's like, bro, what? I would just drop the belt after that. I'd be like, yo, this is a wrap. I don't even want to do this anymore.
3: There's also something about snatching zeros. And I know John Jones technically doesn't have a zero next to his name on, uh, in the L column. Yeah. But man, dude, if you could hand a guy their first L, like that's just a challenge. It's so hard to say. Like I totally get why Sipay C- waiting for it um i think most people do too. like I, I i don't think people are confused about this i think the the situation's very clear historic legendary epic title fight both these guys wanted it you know unfortunately it didn't work out that way but uh yeah you know the ufc deals with This stuff all the time the card's still very very cool but it's it's definitely not the the all-time great gladiator warfare at msg that we were probably hoping for
1: i mean dude it's still an- jared
3: gordon jared gordon's on the card
1: yeah yeah, that was another reason why I definitely wanted to go to this card. But it's a it's a stacked card, man. There's a lot of really fun fights. Uh, they have now they're gonna have the light heavyweight title with Yuri and and Pajeda is gonna be the main event. Um, you got Aspinall and Pavlovich for the interim. You got you got a lot of cool fights. Like St Denis, I think, could be a future champion at lightweight. He's an absolute beast. And then yeah, you got my. Our guy, uh, Jared Gordon's going to be on there too. You got a lot of New Yorkers and tri-state area guys that are going to be on that card. But the thing that really sucks, bro, is that, you know, I've talked about John Jones so many times, and I think there's, there's never been an athlete
2: like him in any sport where he is the unanimous goat, and he's also the biggest what-if
1: in the sport history because... Look at this now. We didn't see him for three years. Comes back, gets a win in three minutes over gone. And he was going to fight again. We were going to get to see him twice in a calendar year, which we haven't seen in, what, six years maybe? Longer? And then he gets hurt. So now he's going to be sidelined. So now you're looking at it potentially being a a four-and-a-half-year layoff with, what, three minutes of octagon time? It's just, it's, he's the biggest what if. and We haven't even mentioned all the off the field, off the, the cage, you know, domestic violence and allegations and arrests and all that. And he was still so dominant, bro. That's why there's never been anyone like that. Like you've had athletes in the past that have been so dominant, but they had all that stuff distract them. And then it, it took away from their performance. Where for this guy, he had all this stuff going down and he was still the greatest of all time. Biggest what if ever
3: yeah was was pumped up to see him perform live you know was was really fired up uh yeah, all those things are are true, and um yeah I, I mean, I could talk about Stipe all day long as you know really in some ways kind of the the yin or the yang of John Jones too, you know it's a guy who's full time at a firehouse, right yeah. you know a uh, family with kids running around, doesn't talk trash, has really like no career. Rivals, even in his legacy, Um, couldn't really be more different people. But maybe that's why I was just like so fired up for the fight. And hopefully it still happens. Like, I I know it's a long ways away and it's hard to think about it, but like maybe International Fight Week next year, July, um, you know, the the two of them can make it happen. And then I make my way out to Las Vegas and we can catch the fight together.
1: Listen, you better make your way out to Vegas way before that because that's in July. So we can't have that happen.
3: December, December. December. December.
1: That's right. That's right. Okay. Let's end the show talking some NFL. Uh, Do you want to give me credit? Because I love getting credit for the talk of the town theory.
3: It's all I want to talk about. If we talk (laughs) about anything else, I'm going to get upset. That's all. the only thing I want to talk about, bro. I sent that video. I don't even know to how many people that's the only thing I want to talk about is the talk of the town.
1: Do you know who the team is this week? It's gross.
3: Um, It
1: is. This is the the grossest. This is the grossest selection
2: of all the selections thus far.
3: I don't. Okay. Like without looking at the schedule right now, I'm just trying to think of teams that are like getting a lot of love. Um, Like low key. I feel like the Houston Texans are getting like that bad team kind of love right now. You know, CJ Stroud is obviously having a big season. Who is the talk of the town this week? All right, hit me, Nick. What, what do we got?
1: Let's factor in two things. Who, who okay. took all the momentum from the talk of the town the week before?
3: Philly?
2: Close. Close.
1: But okay. the Ravens. Ravens. The Ravens beat the Lions, who were the number one pick for Stephen A. Smith in the NFL. Then they go out there and lose. Who beat them? It was the Ravens. Now the Ravens, they're going to play the Arizona Cardinals. That's why I said it was gross. I will say that the Cardinals, one of the best records against the spread this year. They're catching nine points at home. I am 100% putting this in the contest. I've already told Kenny, shouts to Kenny, bets big. We do the circuit contest together. If they give us a plus eight and a half or higher, because what's cool about Circa is they give you the numbers on Thursday afternoon, and then that locks for the whole weekend. So you got to, and you got to submit your picks on Saturday. But dude, they give us an eight and a half or a nine. We're definitely taking the Cardinals because they're at home. I think everyone is on the Ravens. I think the Ravens could still win, but I think the Cardinals definitely cover. And if they do end up beating the Ravens, oh, that video is going to continue to just... Take away, baby.
3: One of the, uh, kind of the big surprises in the, not surprises, but in the Vayner sports world is we represent Josh Dobbs. So really for us, like the Arizona Cardinals kind of surprising season or like over or seceding maybe expectations kind of season has been really cool to watch. Like, dude, his social following has just boomed this year and Arizona's loving Dobbs. And I don't know, it just, They've been fired. It feels like, you know, they've just been doubted the whole season, like every single step of the way, like for months, just people telling them, oh, they're, they're going to be the worst team in the league. And nah, man, these are guys, they're, they're grown men. I, I just can't believe when people say, like, oh, they have no shot at winning. It's like, no, these guys have pride and, and shit's on the line and they're playing for reasons that maybe you don't even know about. Like the Arizona Cardinals are still fighting, even though they might not have a, a great shot at making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I always feel like that's the case too, bro. Like, they're not gonna they're they're listening to these things. They're not gonna go out there and just lay an egg. They know that people are doubting them. And yo, know, you never know with these draft picks too. Like, dude, two weeks ago Caleb Williams was the next Mahomes, and now people are like, yo, is 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 May gonna be a better quarterback prospect than you know just because of a couple bad weeks? So you never really know. And and the Ravens they play the Cardinals this week, and then they play the Seahawks the following week. I was trying to see if there was like a look-ahead spot potentially, but their look-ahead spots are coming up with playing the Browns, Bengals, and Chargers three straight weeks in a row.
2: But man, I just think that... I just think... uh, I like to fade teams off monster
1: performances like the Ravens, right? And... It's just a, it's a spot where I have to play because another thing is they're a nine-point underdog. Bo, if the Ravens were at home, they'd be a 16-point favorite. Would you take the Ravens as a 16-point favorite over the Cardinals?
3: I get, I get what you're saying. So
1: it's, it's one of those things sure. where in, anytime you have a road favorite, would you bet them at home and add six for the points? Plus. Yeah, and add yep, six the points. The plus six number. And if the answer is yes, then play them on the road. If the answer is no, then you don't play them. You play them, you play the dog. So that's always been my basic approach. And look, some people will argue because I made this case before with professional betters, and they're like, yeah, you know, nowadays home field advantage is two and a half points. It's not three. It's like, whatever, bro. We're in the same ballpark, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's, It's a six point difference, five point difference. Are you taking them if they were playing at home? If the answer is no, then you shouldn't play them. So... I think I think the Ravens are the talk of the town this week. I think Lamar has leapfrogged into a top he's a top four favorite for MVP. And ESPN did a piece on him wedding crashing, right? I don't know if you saw that when they when he went to Yeah. He dropped in on someone's wedding. So like the Ravens are getting a lot of hype. And look, I think the Ravens of the teams that I've seen so far, Bo,
2: in the AFC, it's the Chiefs and Ravens for me that I'm the highest on.
3: The question I was going to ask you, and just because I had seen you post a clip about it earlier this this season, was the public's uh, betting early on was really successful. Yep. And I know at a couple spots that, like, I, I think books have been killed earlier on in this. But, you know, weeks one through four, generally speaking, like, sports betters don't do very well. Like, historically speaking there's not enough like data and evidence to really like give the sports betters the edge. There's too much unpredictability, but now is around the time where like, um, if your favorite sports better had a bad first five, six weeks of the year, this is the time where like they might actually start to like pick it up a little bit or get hot. So I don't know. I, I, this might not even be what you were getting at. I just got distracted though was I was going to ask how has the public done the last like two, three weeks?
1: I mean, last week they got, I mean, I don't want to make it too bad of a visual, but, you know, all those websites that start with an X, that's how it was Mm. for the public. It was Mm. bad. 0-8 last Mm. week, betting sides of 70% of the tickets or more. 0-8, dude. And we've been talking about this, Bo, the last couple of weeks, how the public's going 7-1, they're going 6-4, they're going five and two and one. Yeah. It's like, there's going to be regression. And there was one week where they went three and five. And then last week they went, zero and eight. So if you just bet against the public last week, you, you'd hit an eight leg parlay. And the public number is always 70. Whenever one side is getting 70% of the bets, the bets, not the money. The money is the pros. The bets is the public. They get 70% of the bets. That is a public side. I tend, football is the only sport where I tend to go away from.
2: Hmm.
3: Okay. That kind of goes along with what I was hypothesizing a little bit in my, my mind. Really, the, the reason I kind of got there, Nick, was, you know, last year, the Dolphins started really hot. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if people kind of forgot how the Dolphins last year was put up a ton of points. Fun-looking offense. We're gonna smoke out teams that we are able to smoke out. But then after that, kind of like seven, eight-game stretch. Once like teams had gotten a little bit of game film, all right, we are kind of seeing what they're doing pre-snap stuff. You know, they they were kind of a 500 team after that, or may, maybe even worse. The Dolphins, as fun and as exciting and as tantalizing as the offense has been. It reminds me a lot of when Yasiel Puig hops in for the LA Dodgers as a rookie. No one knows who he is, and for three weeks, goes on the most historic tear like in baseball history, hitting X amount of home runs. Well, that's because no one had any footage on the guy. No one knew who this guy was. The moment people found out that you know Puig's uh, kryptonite was maybe like a low and outside slider, okay, he kind of came back. You know, we we brought him back down to earth a little bit. I suspect. That is happening with the Dolphins, and I suspect that's happening with the public betting right
1: now. Yeah, and also to add to that, he might not play on Sunday. Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold might be coming in. They play the Bengals. Oh, the concussion, yeah. Bengals coming off the bye. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because I think now you have enough of a sample size on Brock Purdy where I still think he's a franchise quarterback for them, and I think even though they're on a two game losing streak, it's still the best contract in the NFL, is having Brock Purdy on that contract. I'll still stand by that. I'm not going to overreact to them losing those last two games. But now there's like a, you know, there's like a 12, 14, 15 game sample size on Brock if we factor into the playoffs also. Now you have a season worth where, oh, dude, guess what? We take away your number one read. We take away the flat so you can't check down. You don't have Debo who bails out a lot of shit for you. You don't have Trent Williams for a couple series. Things falter. God forbid anything happens to McCaffrey. It's a wrap. I think we've realized that McCaffrey's definitely the MVP of that team. But now there's. OPOY. What's up?
3: OPOY. Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Micah yeah. Parsons. We need, we need the double action. We need the double right? action. That, that's Let's the go. Nick, that- that's the veteran's minimum uh, preseason bet, I think. Yes, from it what was.
1: I yes, it was. My dog listening. I love it. But yo, uh, that's the thing like with Purdy, right? The you need, he needs everything to be perfect, but there's enough of a sample size now. That's what I was getting to. Where now we have enough film on you to identify that. Oh, dude, you have trouble throwing to your left. You always roll out to your right whenever shit hits the fan.
3: And the, the two biggest things that I noticed, and again, I'm not like at footballs. X's and O's, mastermind, genius, and and none of that stuff. But just these are things that I'm I'm catching at least when I watch the the Niners Vikings game. But one was uh Kirk Cousins pre snap must have done something right because he was not getting sacked. He was not getting pressured. Like the guy was getting off every ball he wanted, so he was doing something right there. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it was a veteran QB who's, like, been around the league, who's, like, seen different blitz packages. If that was a rookie QB, I promise you they would have gotten to him. So, I don't know. Something about, like, okay, maybe there's something about veteran quarterbacks having a little success against the Niners, really good defense. Uh, And then the other thing was the Niners' offense has been stellar when they've had leads. They've done an incredible job of, like, developing leads. The big question is, though, Could you find a offense, a offensive coordinator or coach who's really good at uh, writing scripts, right? The coaches who can write the first two possessions out play by play. This is how it's going to go. But then maybe they struggle a little bit with the on the fly, adapting, Mm -hmm. adjusting. Oh, man, they're doing this differently. Teams that come out with really sharp opening one to two possessions might have a shot at a Niners team more than a team who like, has a much better success rate coming from behind.
1: Yeah. But I think a lot of teams in the NFL, they can script out the first two drives. And then after that, that's what separates the Mahomes, Andy Reeds. And then, you know, like back in the day, Breeze and Peyton, that's what separates you where, oh, now we're down. Can we still play our offense the way we want to? And can we still move the ball? With the Niners, it doesn't seem to be the case. But the other thing with Sam Fran that's so interesting, and I'm going to tie this all together, and, and we'll, we'll end the show with that. I was going to do something else, but we'll just end the show yeah. with that with the conversation that we're having. The Niners, it's not like they're down 20. They go down a touchdown, and it seems like their offense is just off. Right. Like if you're down 20 points, it's like, all right, yo, now we gotta go spread. We gotta go five wide. We, we're not no one's gonna fall for play action. It's like, no, dude, you're down eight. You're down ten. It's two possessions. It's a second quarter. And there's issues. That's the thing that's the most concerning for me.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't view it as much of a maybe a concern. I just think it's a play style. Like, like, you know, no team is obviously perfect. And I just, I think about like fighters who do who do a really good job of like in the first round, they set the tempo immediately. They come out, hey, I'm going to establish like my presence here in the middle of the ring or whatever I might be. Some fighters need to get punched in the mouth to wake up. They got to see their own blood, you know, come out of their nose and land on their gloves before they go, oh shit, I'm in a fight. We got to, we got to show up here. I think the Niners come out when they establish the dominance early. They're really good, man. Like, I don't know. I I don't want us to get away from how good Niners team because of two rougher weeks. Yeah, and
1: both of them on the road, right? So, like... I It's also
3: probably discrediting to the two teams that beat them. Yeah. Like, I think that's a little unfair to the... Like, to the Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, don't say that the Niners are bad now. Now's the time to say, man, that's a hell of a win for Minnesota.
1: Yeah, and there were a team that... You know, last year they won all their games by one score. And now this year they've been losing all their games by one score until this past week, the past couple of weeks. So they beat the Panthers by one score and then they beat the Niners. But the main concern for the Niners is, and they got, they got a bar fight this week against the Bengals, bro. Bengals are a team that they were my preseason Super Bowl pick. And, Bo, I just bet them this past week at 30-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I think that's a great number. Wow. I think they're getting guys back another week for Joe Burrow to get rested. Now their schedule sucks. And what I mean by it's, it's, it's a banger of a schedule. Look, they got San Fran <laughs> and then they got the Bills. It sucks for me because they could drop these next two games and then maybe I could get them 50 to one. But then also on the flip side, it's like they're probably not making the playoffs if they drop these next two games. But the, the Bengals play the Niners this week. It might be Sam Darnold that's in there. And I'm fascinated by this matchup because the Niners are an absolute cover machine at home. They've covered 11 straight games against the spread at home with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. And you got a team with the Bengals where this would be a classic, I'm clearing out the Patreon money on the Bengals spot coming off the bye. However, the Niners are on a two-game losing streak. And the reason why I think San Fran, I don't want to say must win, because I think this game is important for both. If you're a San Fran, your biggest, biggest priority is getting home field advantage because you're not going into Philly. Nobody's going into Philly and winning. I don't think that's happening. I think right now, bro, there's... I feel like we could skip to February. It's Kansas City and Philly. (laughs) And I think because those two teams are so hard to beat
2: going on the road to beat them. And if you're a San Fran, like this is a monster game for you this week.
3: Yeah, uh, I hear you, man. I hear you. I I want to argue that like there's a chance that it's another two teams. Some Like, yeah, do I think there's outside shots? But, you know, you, you put a gun to my head and man, like Philly... "Quote unquote hasn't looked good this year, but keeps winning. Um, and they have you not know, and, 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 and that's and
1: that's true. That's true. They haven't looked good this year, but they look good
3: in quote moments, unquote good right. Like yes. they haven't
1: played complete games, but they're also a team that knows what it takes to get it done. And then there are certain scenarios in the games where, yo, you know what, dude? Every time it's a fourth and one, like Nick Sirianni was saying that they play to get nine yards." like every other team goes to get 10 yards, their objective is to get nine yards because they're like, yo, we have this, we do this play that the whole league can't stop and don't do as well as us. And the more you look at it, it's like, yo, Jalen Hurts also squats like 650 pounds. So maybe that extra, that weight and that momentum and the force of him like leaning forward, that goes a long way. And they've just mastered the the brotherly shove as they've coined it. But when it matters, like, they go out there and they score. And they put they beat the piss out of Miami. And even where he threw a pick six, they still won that game, right? Like, pick sixes, I think there's a wild trend that if you throw a pick six, you tend to lose that game, like, 60% of the time. But Kansas City might have the best defense in the league, too. Like, no one ever talks about that. Like, their defense is lights out. It's the only defense in the league that has kept every single opponent under 23 points this year. It's wild and like no one ever talks about them because it's Travis Kelsey, it's Taylor Swift and Pat Mahomes that they're always talking about. I just think it's Philly and Kansas City, bro. And this is what I wanted to end the, the, the rant and, and the show with. You could get Chiefs Eagles right now plus 900 to be the Super Bowl.
2: That's wild. I feel like this is the highest that you could get it at.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like I really, I'm just trying to poke holes, right? Like, you know, when, when someone says something like that and you're like, wow, that's too good to be true. You try and poke holes in it, right? You're trying to think, all right, well, why, why are sports books thinking that? Or why is the public thinking this? So, um, one, I'm going to say that I actually think there's a chance that the Niners do, I think there's a chance the Niners do okay with Sam Darnold. So, um, I think there's a chance that, like, if Pur- Purdy was hurt you know, for two weeks, I don't think it's an issue. I think Saint Darnold is fine. Who are the threats to you know Philly in the NFC? Because you know, you would imagine the South doesn't really bring out anyone um, that's going to compete with them. Like maybe there's a, a sneaky surprise from a Buccaneers or Saints, and you know, Atlanta's looked better than probably people expected. Um, but Philly's going to run their own division. The NFC North has a good team in the Lions, for sure. Like, it's a really good team in the Lions. So the the bet is, like, do you think the Lions can beat Philly in Philly almost, right? Like, is that not what the bet almost comes down to? It's like the Niners or Detroit has to beat Philly in Philly, and then someone has to go to Arrowhead probably and beat the Chiefs. And the team that does it the best is the Chargers, and I'm not sure that they're going to make the playoffs.
1: You're right about the Chargers, but we can't even say that after what happened last week. Where, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah, what
3: do we do? Yeah, dumb, <laughs> what do
1: we do? Dumb char- team, dumb team. I'm gonna end with the Chargers in a little bit, but yeah, the ones, the ones okay. that jumped out to me were Chiefs, Eagles, you get that at plus 900, Eagles, Ravens, you get that at plus 2000, so 20 to one. And then, bro, look, man. I still believe in the Bengals and I think it's because of Burrow. I mean, it's definitely because of Burrow, right? The But Eagles, Eagles ben, Bengals, 42 to 1. I'm off Buffalo. I'm not buying Buffalo. I'm not buying Miami. I think this offense looks dope September to Thanksgiving and then it starts to get cold. Teams play ball control like what Philly did. I think Philly kind of put the blueprint out on like, yo, don't let them
2: get hot. And... That's it in the in the AFC for me, right? And, yeah. and I'm taking those three teams, and then I just think that
1: no one's going to beat the Eagles in the NFC. Those are I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make these bets. My futures bets. The
3: only thing I would sh- the only thing I would shout out is like, despite a slow start to the season, you know Jacksonville won like four games in like 20 days because they had a Thursday night game. They played twice overseas. Um, and they won like four games in three different time zones in the span of like three weeks. I don't know. It was a, it's a sneaky little three week run that they went on that is really flying under the radar. They had a bad opening start to this. Um, I don't know. I, I like, I like them a lot.
1: Yeah. Jacksonville was a team I was, I was interested in. I'm not going to say I was confident in, but you know, you started looking at them last year and they are on a winning streak right now. And you're right about them uh, getting hot right now. And even though people are upset with Calvin Ridley in the fantasy community, still got a team that has a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. But they were a team that I was definitely intrigued by because if you looked at their wins last year, like a lot of backup quarterbacks, um, they barely, they almost lost to your boy Josh Dobbs, right, with the Titans. And then. They had an all-time kind of comeback in the playoffs. So, like, how good was Jacksonville? But they're starting to get guys healthy, which was a big concern I had coming into the year that they lost some guys in preseason. But there were injuries that they weren't, like, season-ending injuries. It was about a month or two they'd be out. Those guys are starting to come back. So, yeah, man, just to put a, a bow on this conversation, Bo. Uh, those are the teams that I'm going with in the AFC, man. Three teams, and then I'm going to just pair with
2: the Eagles.
3: I think that's, dude, I, I, I hear the logic and the explanation. Um, I hope it's Eagles Chiefs for the sense that I think most of the U.S. population and most of the football fans would agree that that's probably the two best teams in football. Like, if you were to pick right now who you want it to be, that's probably it. And, you know, if that was what it came down to, I'd you know, sign me up. That's a hell of a football game, man.
1: I mean, dude, we saw it. We saw it in the Super Bowl last year. We're gonna see it in the regular season in a couple of weeks. They play each other in the regular season. And why not? It's like the two best teams. We saw that them two playing together. You have the brothers going up against each other again. Yeah, Andy Reid. Like yeah, all the storylines. It's, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tremendous. But Bo, this was fun, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, relatively short notice. I hit you up yesterday about it, just to pull the current back. But you always deliver for me, man. Light work. And, and I appreciate you Light always. Work. Let the people know where they can find By you on in social studio.
3: media. First of all, in studio in December, I'll Do be uh, making my way out to to Vase. No, dude, I'm super fired up. Um, social wise, at Bo Templin, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, if you want more than my golf swing, me hitting the heavy bag, or me shooting, uh, you know, three pointers, then probably don't follow me on TikTok because that's. That's pretty much pretty much it. So uh, yeah, Twitter, IG, TikTok. Nick, anytime, dude. You hit me up, let me know. I'm always down to do the show. Love it, believe in it, always trying to share it and uh, spread the good word.
1: My dog. I can't wait until I see you in December, bro. We'll do this in person. And uh, yeah, thanks for th- thanks for coming on the show, dude.
3: One last note, <clears throat> everyone. Um, subscribe to the Patreon. What are I mean, we doing here? I mean, you know? yeah, cheap, cheap plug. Subscribe to the Patreon. I
2: mean, talk about an alley-oop.
1: Subscribe to the As we're about to go into the Patreon, 100%. Yeah. Let's go ahead and give a, yeah, shout out to Bo, man. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. You guys heard the man. For as little as one American dollar, you guys could pledge to the Patreon. As you see, we have the tiers up now. We have a $1 tier. We have a $5 tier where you get the betting picks, get access to the Discord, we have a $10 tier, which we're doing giveaways for anyone that's in that tier. We got two pairs of sneakers we're giving away for the month of October. Remember, November November uh, 6th, we are doing the drawing for the sneakers on the show, on the Monday show with George Carmona. He's going to be in. And then we got a $20 tier, which you're going to get the shout outs, uh, merch discounts, and giveaways more exclusive giveaways for the 20 and the $40 tier over there so shout out to everyone we're at 82 members now we're at 82 members uh we've gotten over 30 members in the patreon since august 1st that's fucking crazy and i am so happy and grateful for all of you and and most importantly to everyone that shares the content it goes a long way i talk about this all the time how the best co-sign is you guys telling people to listen to the show and to show love to the show, it goes a long way. So reposting the show, telling people that you're listening, it just goes the like the longest way. You guys have no idea. So Patreon roll call before we wrap up the show. Mahul Patel, Abel Rezin, Ben and Christopher Velasquez, Derek Plates, Jerry Shapiro, Jordan Riley, Dylan Chadwick, Mike Stevens, Mike Wozniak, Nick Krummich, Thomas Robinson. And to the newest members of the Patreon, we got... Stefanos Grutas, and we got Kevin. Just one one word, Kevin, like a Brazilian soccer player. This goes by one name, uh, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. I want to wrap the show by... I'm going to give out the betting picks that I'm making this week. Um, so you'll have the write-up on Patreon also, but this one for people to understand what the Patreon picks are, and I feel really good about this week. All the picks are gross. All the picks are really, really ugly, but this is why we do it. We mentioned how Ursulita is going to be the Cardinals plus nine. It's ugly, it's gross, but it's delivered in the past. People are not going to want to bet this, but this is what we do. We bet on the games that people just want to throw up at when they're looking at it. And if you go to Wager Attack right now, use the promo code VM when you go to deposit, they will match up to 200% Of your deposit. For the month of October. That's wager attack. Use the promo code VM. And they got the Cardinals. At plus nine. Absolutely love that pick. Again it's gross. It's ugly. But it's going to deliver. We talked on the Monday show with Kenny. How the Chargers always play. The dumbest games ever. So we're going to go ahead. And we're going to take the Bears plus nine. Also a lot of nines in this rundown. By the way. This is the nine week. Even though it's week eight, this is the nine club. We're going to go ahead and take the plus nine with the Bears. It's ugly. It's gross. It's a backup quarterback on the road. But there's going to be 70% Chicago Bears fans at SoFi. We're going to go ahead and take the Bears plus nine on Sunday Night Football, which, by the way, NFL, Sunday Night Football, Chargers, Bears. Like, what are we doing? That is, That game sucked even before. Any of the injuries and how this season was going to play out. Shameful NFL. Be better. Be better for us. But we do like the plus nine for the Bears. The Miami Dolphins are nine-point favorites against the New England Patriots. I don't understand it. I think we're getting about two to three points of value here because New England is coming off a shocking win of Buffalo. Now they're going to Miami to play the Dolphins, who are coming off a bad loss. What does Miami do? We know what Miami does. They beat the shit out of shitty teams. Who's a shitty team? The New England Patriots. Yeah, they played already earlier in the year, and it was a close game. But New England had Judon and Christian Gonzalez on the field. They're not going to have them this week. Miami's back home coming off a loss. This was a place where Belichick and the Patriots always struggled going into South Beach. I think this is a three-touchdown win for the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to take the minus nine. I'll take that big number there. And I think it's a bounce-back spot. And, and if you're the Dolphins, if you want us to take, ser- take you seriously, this is what we like. A good team that loses in prime time playing a team that now they're undervalued. That's what I think we have with the Miami Dolphins. And then to close it out, I feel the same way against, uh, about the Detroit Lions. They're a nine-point favorite Monday Night Football against the Raiders. The Raiders, I mean, Josh McDaniels plus 850 to be the first coach fired. I think that's crazy. I think he should be the favorite, him and Brandon Staley. But I'm taking that one. I think I think Detroit wants to play at home. They play better at home. Jared Goff plays better at home and indoors. They're coming off a bad loss, an embarrassing loss. I think Detroit is a good team. Now, I do want to pump the brakes a little bit about all the Super Bowl craziness. Let's let's chill with that, but they should be able to bounce back. I think the Raiders are pretty bad. So I like the Detroit Lions as nine point favorites. So the two games that they are nine point favorites. We got the Dolphins and we got the Detroit Lions and then the two games where they're catching nine points. We got the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. So that's the episode. Those are the picks. Shout out to all of you guys listening. Check us out at Veterans Minimum on all social media outlets. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Tables, Ladders, Chairs, the whole nine. At Nick Day Tenders, you can find me. We'll catch you guys next time.
0: Ella, I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, be the venison. Dab, most dangerous
1: game. Either kill or
2: be killed. This is the story of the one.